This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. I'm excited just to share just a, a little word for you today, just before we leave out these doors. And we've been in this Servolution series, and I want to talk, and this is actually, I'm pretty sobered by the message that, that the Lord has me to give today. I want to, I want to really honor him well as I actually talk about the gospel in probably as, as clear words as I've ever spoken. And so I'm going to ask that you would open up your heart, and maybe if there's some other belief systems that you've had in your mind concerning the goodness of God, um, that you would allow him to, to persuade you, you know, maybe over into what he wants to do in and through you today through the, speak, the preaching of his word is we're talking about serving from a place of authority. Would you guys say that with me? Serving from a place of authority. This is super important because God wants to position us well for the hour and the moment that we're living in, in human history as the church, as part of this universal collective bride that's here regionally, nationally, and all around the world, God is wanting us to serve him from a place of authority. And the reason and way that we're able to do that is through this thing called the good news. That's what the gospel literally means. It means good news. Somebody the other day came up to me that was a friend. We didn't know this um, had, they had won the uh, Powerball, uh, millions, and, and I think it was almost a billion dollars, something like that. They had won the Powerball. They phoned us up, and they, have, I, they said, I have some good news for you. I'm like, what? We won the Powerball. And I'm like, eh, that's, that's good news for you, you know? <laughs> and then the conversation shifted, and they said, well, Darren, we want to give you and Wendy each a million dollars from what we've won. And all of a sudden, man, their winning became my good news. I'm totally making this story up. Lord, forgive me. It's, it's for a point, okay? Like, we're going to go ahead and win the Powerball ourselves, all right? Today we'll be going to Publix after church and buying one of those bad boys. And we will testify of our victory later. But anyhow, my point is, there's lots of news out in the world. A ton of bad news. And then there's some good news, but it doesn't actually apply to us. So it's not good news for us. You know, sometimes when you look out and you see the bad guys winning, it doesn't feel too good, does it, right? But there's something that Jesus set into motion that I want us to be aware of because there is some profoundly amazing good news. It's actually better than we can, we can even fully understand. So this is why it takes like the revelation of God to help us as the word is taught to open up our eyes to be able to see, open up our ears to be able to hear. So I want to just break out um, this morning's word with a, with a, a verse out of 2 Corinthians. And a lot of these verses are going to be ones that Paul spoke to us where he's talking about newness of life. And this is going to tie into the baptism this morning because it's, it's all symbolism of what God is up to in our lives and in this world right now. So here's what he says. Verse 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, some translations would just say, if anyone is in Christ, 
Let me pause right there. Would you say that with me? In Christ. Say it again. In Christ. This is massively important. This is a concept that is very far from our understanding. If we are enfolded or brought into oneness with Jesus, look what he says. You have become an entirely new creation. This is a profound mystery. The guest speaker that we're going to be having here for our 20th anniversary, the weekend of October 6th, 7th, and 8th, was here for a short season because he was drafted out of college to play basketball for the Miami Heat. They won a world title when he was there. And we got to know each other. And he was sharing with me when he had his experience in, in university at the University in Kentucky, where he came, or not Kentucky, University of Kansas, where he came from. Um, and his on his baptism day, he said that that he went down into the water, he came out of the water, and then he was like, "Is my mind playing tricks on me?" He literally saw his dead old self still there in the waters of baptism, and he said, "My life was completely altered, completely transformed. Who I was, Darren, was was was." Com- 180 degrees reversed, you know, just, I became a completely different person. And, and Paul says here that all that is related to the old order is vanished and everything has become new. You know, there's a, there's a governmental reality in the world um, that, that we live in. When, when we use the word world, it's, it's, it's the word cosmos and it literally means like a governmental entity. And Paul says there's this God of the... God of the what world who's blinded the minds. Dave was praying that this morning to our pre-service prayer and anybody's welcome to come to that 915 to 945. There is a God who has a system of thought of belief systems that, that are, that are controlling the majority of the people that live on this planet. And Paul says here, that old order, when you go, when you go into the waters of baptism, come out, you're a new creation. You've now been enfolded into Christ. You've been made one with him. And all of that new order is completely gone from your life. There's process as our minds are renewed with the truth of God's word, right? Do not be conformed to the but be transformed by the what? Yeah, where, there, where the belief systems are, are that, that are really strongholds. When we talk about strongholds, Paul was talking about systems of thought and belief. It wasn't even so much about demons and all these kind of things per se. Of course, we know that they, they have a, a role to play in deception, but the ultimate you know, uh, definition of a stronghold he's talking about is a belief system. Paul's like, they're like fortifications around a city. We can't break through and get into them. We need the God of, of, of the word of the Lord, like the power of the word of the Lord to, to bring forth truth and life into people's hearts. Here's what I want to show you just, just really quick. This whole concept of being in Christ, you've got to understand the definition of this. We're going to put it up on the screen for you. In Christ. Look at this. It is a fixed position in place time or state in Christ it is a fixed position where we are we are rooted as we're enfolded into him in a place a time and and our state the second part of this is that it's a relation of rest 
from where you're able to give yourself wholly to oneness with him. So there's something that breaks where, where, where things have shifted and we move from one position into another position, from one fixed location that has been destructive into another location that is fixed that brings life now. And then all of a sudden, from a place of, this is so important, please say this word with me, rest. Come on, say it with me, rest. We're not performing here. We're not doing performance Christianity. And we're not relating to Jesus as some magic Jesus that's going to come and solve all of our problems when we just want to see him do that and not have a relationship with him. God, heal me. God, provide finances. He'll do all those things. But he's not magic Jesus. He's not some cosmic Santa Claus in, 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 in the third heavens. He's, he's, a, he's a God who rules and reigns over all of creation and a father who loves us and wants to journey with us in this thing called life and God. He wants us to enter in to the, to the, to the answer to Jesus' prayer right before he went to the cross. Father, what? Make them one. Make them one as you, I, and the Holy Spirit are one. Can you imagine? Like the unity of, of the Godhead, the oneness of the Godhead is the same invitation we have been invited into. This is what it means to be in Christ. Guess what? You are in Christ. He is in you. That's a really profound thought. Can you imagine the God who created all things lives on the inside of you. And then you live on the inside of him. It says that we've been baptized into Christ and we've also been, this is a crazy thought, been baptized into one another. This ain't some solo journey. This is a family journey. We've been baptized into Christ and into one another's lives. That's why when you're going through a hard time, we should be weeping with you. When someone is, is off, you know, just, just being taken away from, the, the, from this passionate, beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus, we should be broken in our hearts over that. Because every single person and every life really matters to what God's wanting to do on the earth. The Bible calls us living stones who are being built together into this spiritual house where God's presence can come and dwell on the earth. It, it doesn't come because, you know, we, we show up in some building and have some cool lights and do some worship music. God's presence shows up because we're in relationship with him, with one another. We're joined and yoked together in his purposes, and we become a dwelling place for him on the earth. Is this all making sense? But here's what I want to just talk about. Like, it's through the sacrament of baptism where Christ brings efficacy into operation. For all the healthcare people, that word efficacy is used a lot within medicine. Efficacy literally means this, the power to produce and affect. So through this sacrament of baptism, there's like, I don't understand it fully. I remember even personally, like I, I came to know Jesus. I think it was like a year plus later that I went down to Louisiana with my friend when I was in university and got baptized and something shifted in my life. Efficacy from heaven came to bear 
over my heart and over my soul and accelerated what God was already doing within me. I don't understand the mystery of it. Do we need to be baptized to, to go to heaven? No. Do we need to get into uh, you know, some body of water and go down and come up just for religious, you know, some religious exercise? No. But there's something, we could feel it this morning, there's something powerful that happens through this sacrament of baptism. It's powerful. And the first thing that I just want to say over you, because this is the truth of God's word, this is the good news, it sets us free from an inferior reference. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I know this because I, I live and breathe along with my wife. We live and breathe. We do life. We've experienced these very same things where the enemy is speaking to you, telling you not who you are, but he is referring to you when he communicates that you take this kind of position in an inferior reference. You are not all of all that. You're not really a child of God. You're not fill in the blank. And he, and he begins to speak these lies to you that may have partial truth based on your upbringing, but is, it is an inferior reference that has no correlation to who you actually are in God. This is why Jesus was so popular, if you look at it, among the broken, among the poor, among the outcast. Why? Because they were a part of an inferior reference at the time in their lives and what they were walking through. It's the reason so many women were drawn to Jesus. Because how many of you know, back in the day and still to this day, unfortunately, women are referred to in comparison to men as an inferior Am I saying something too much here this morning? Like, and this, Jesus was a liberator of women. Big time. And they were drawn to him because he was not keeping them stuck in some inferior reference. The church and religion has just been horrific in this department as it relates to women. As it relates to the poor, it relates to the broken. We, we, we look through our, our lens of pious judgment at people's lives and don't have any compassion for what's actually possible for them because we don't understand the gospel. We don't understand that Jesus can put efficacy into effect by one encounter with him. By one moment with him could change somebody's entire life. Been set free. Look at this. Let's back it with some scripture. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26, he says, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we just read that, and we've heard it so many times, but do you understand what he's talking about? You have now been brought into a family. It's family language. It's not, hey, now you are part of the church. Now you are a part of the harbor. Now you're a part of the X denomination. No, he said, when you came into Christ, you've been brought into the Come on, shout it. You've been brought into the family of God. There are so many implications to that. But we don't realize this. We, we, we keep ourselves oftentimes in an inferior reference. Like, I really don't have that kind of authority. I really don't have that kind of favor over my life. I really don't have that kind of blessing over my life. Because we don't believe what Christ has actually done. 
This is why God wants to renew our mindsets, our belief systems, that actually what transpired in the gospel. The reason the church does not change in cities is because we haven't believed the gospel in the way that it has been presented by Jesus, by the apostles, by the early church. God wants to reawaken this to us. Verse 27. Look at this. This is strong language. And all who have been united or made one with Christ in where? Baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. You've been clothed in Jesus. So your exterior veneer matches the internal transformation. And it's, it's like a light set on a hill for all to see. You carry the glory of God in your very essence and being. Here's the inferior reference stuff that Jesus was dealing with. Verse 28, look at this with me. For there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. He's breaking the paradigm of, you know, just inferiority. And he's saying, we judge each other. We, we behold one another to whatever, you know, level of value that, that we have based on who they are and what classification that they're put in. He's like, listen, I'm doing away with all that stuff. There's beauty and reality to male and female, so I'm not, please don't hear what I'm not saying. The point is, is that you're not inferior being either one or the other. Does that make sense? Verse 29, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the, this is, this is where it gets, this is where it gets really dangerous right here, if we could catch this. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, now listen to this, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. I don't know if you're getting this. What did he say to Abraham? I will bless you and you will be a blessing to all of the nations of the earth. And it speaks later in Hebrews of this family with whose God is going to bless that they're, they're as numerous as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in heaven. Do you understand where this thing is going? Do we get the implication that this is not just a onesie and twosie event? There's going to be a multiplication moment set in into, into reality in the coming days where God is going to get people really into the good news, into Christ, where we understand the blessing that was spoken over Abraham because we've now been brought into this family is true for us. Now in baptism, I'm, I'm going to wrap up my message today. Just by looking at these, these terms, because we got to understand, like, these kind of terms, you can't hear them through just, like, religious language. It's, it's got to, there's deeper meaning. Crucified, buried, raised, and seated. Say that with me. Crucified, buried, raised, and seated. It's important. Crucified. What are we talking about here as it relates to the good news? It's simply this. In Christ, as we've been enfolded into Jesus, we have been set free from the power of sin. Oh, I don't believe that, Darren. I'm going to be a sinner for the rest of my life. No, you don't get the gospel. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what Paul said. That's not what anybody in the New Testament said. He said when you're enfolded into Christ, the power that that thing had over you 
of missing the mark of your intended purpose and destiny over your life, it no longer has strength over you. Study your word and write me if you can show me anything that says anything else about the reality of the power of sin over our lives. Oh, I'm just a broken person. I'm going to be a sinner for the rest of my life. No, listen. In fact, your reference has changed. He doesn't even call you sinner anymore. He calls you saint. Now, does that mean that you're going to have a perfect life? I'm not, please don't hear what I'm not trying to say. There's going to be process to this. But we're able to move forward from glory to glory because we understand the reality of the gospel. We have been set free from the power of sin. So good. (laughs) And it's not going to be us being religious white knucklers who are do-gooders, keeping all the do's and not not doing any of the don'ts. That's garbage. That's exhausting. It's killing the church. It's killing the church. People just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to measure up. Hey, it's okay. This is a safe place for you to come into, but he's going to take you from glory to glory. The power that once ruled over you isn't going to have any authority anymore, and we're going to stand with you until you see that kind of breakthrough. Come on. Romans 6, 6, look what what Paul says. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? In fact, who we once were no longer is the case. For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Not one more moment. We've put up with this inferior reference for way too long. It's time for an awakening to the gospel again in the church. Romans 6, 7 says, for when we died with Christ, we were what? Set free from the power of sin. The power. What about Barry? Quickly. In Christ, we have been given, say this with me, a new nature. Say it with me again. In Christ, we've been given a new nature. What does he talk about there? What does he mean by that? Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, and and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ. Oh, I love this word. Fullness overflows from within us. Can I submit to you that we don't have to empty ourselves because it's not even possible? And we don't actually have to ask God to fill us up because you're already full with him. What he wants is overflow. He's never wanted you to drop down below the the top of the water line. He wants you to stay in that reality because that's your portion. Jesus is not ever diminished on the inside of you, even though you may feel that in your own frame. He wants to bring increase so that there can be overflow to where you empty yourself. It's just coming out of the overflow of what's already there and present. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Verse 11, look at this with me. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart all the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ the anointed one has accomplished for us what did Jesus accomplish 
guilt, shame, condemnation, and the power of sin has no place within the kingdom of God and within this thing called the church. And we've lived under that for way too long. Colossians 2.12, for we have been buried with him into his death. Last two really quick, because we gotta go relieve the children's workers. Raised in Christ, we have been given a new identity. Paul says in Colossians chapter two, verse 11 and 12, he says, 11 through 14 actually, he says, through our union with him, we've experienced circumcision of the heart. We've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. So we go into the water, right? We're dead and we're crucified and we're buried, but then we come out, come up. Everything that we once were in Adam has been placed on the cross and nailed there permanently. A public display of this cancellation. Last one. In Christ, we have been repositioned to serve from the place of authority. I'm serious. This is a radical thing that I'm believing, but I'm, I'm believing God that like, we're going to walk so in tune with the gospel that we're probably going to give more of ourselves to this thing called the kingdom than we ever have and not get burned out at all. I'm not saying there won't be times of being tired or whatever, like that's, that's, I think that's a little extreme, but, but burnout, no. We get burned out because we're not in the right place. We get burned out because we're doing our action uh, to help serve this thing called the kingdom out of the wrong motivations or understandings. We think, oh, if I do this, I'll be more important in the body. No, that's not, it's garbage. Or if I do this, God will love me more. We have to earn. We watch this um, documentary on Evil Knievel. I think some of you guys know that my dad was his pilot back in the 70s. And it was a good one. It was a good documentary, but it was sad. Some of the stuff I didn't realize about his life. And he was like, he was all about trying to earn his position with the Lord. And his life ultimately came and just unraveled. He eventually gave his life to Jesus, which is amazing. I remember the day my dad called me. Do you see the testimony of Evil Knievel? giving his life to Jesus. Would you guys stand with me? Here's where we're gonna close today. Ephesians chapter two, verse six. Here's the scripture that backs up what I just said in terms of serving from a place of authority. It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and now has seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. What is that? Let's not get a, so ethereal on that. What, what he's basically saying is when you were dead, crucified, buried, and then he brought you up out of that, it wasn't just to operate from like the authority that we have here on this earth alone. We've been given authority, but he has all authority in what? Heaven and on the earth. So we function in a superior reference as ones seated with him. So sometimes when, let's just do this, even just so we close. 
Lord, sometimes when we're going about life and we're just taking the hits and we just feel the battle, sometimes we can get caught up in that, in that reality. It's not, it, we're not making it up. It's really true. But God, would you help us just to rise above that and see it from a new perspective? We can see it through your eyes, that you're not worried, that you're not nervous, that you're not scared. You're not so concerned about all of the happenings in the world as we seem to be stirred to be. That, God, you are confident of your power and of your authority in what Jesus did as he dismantled every principality and power and dominion and force and 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 even satan himself paul said what is it that i saw satan fall like lightning he was cast down let us sit in that seated place function and operate out of that place of authority and not out of our own strength and everybody said Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today? Yeah, so good. Today was such a good day. We're going to officially dismiss. I'm going to let the team sing a song. Maybe some of you need to just sit and reflect on this a little bit. If you have children in the children's ministry, please go grab them. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday right here at the harbor. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.